This is a HeadGum Podcast. So here... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Here I am, I'm trying. So here I am, are you ready? Come on, let me hold you, touch you, feel you, always kiss you, taste you, all night, always. That is my rendition of Always by Blink-182, a stunning pop-punk anthem. What year is it? Everyone's wondering. Well, we are in 2006. Can you believe? I don't think we've been in 2006 yet on this podcast. This podcast today, this episode is super monumental for a multitude of reasons. One, it's 2006. So let's just remind everyone what's happening in 2006. First of all, the baby of the year in 2006 is Shiloh Jolie Pitt. Oh, wow. Huge, huge, huge. Um, Prices of Hershey Kisses, and I can't believe it's not butter, jump up for some reason. The chicken noodle soup dance became popular, as well as Crank That Soldier Boy by Soldier Boy Tellem. TBT Throwback Tuesday was that trend started in 2006. That was when the first hashtag concept reached mainstream pop culture. Blu-ray discs were created in 2000, however, made available widely in 2006. Hmm. Contains up to five times more information than a DVD. (laughs) The Message, founded in 1856, Western Union, finally stopped sending telegrams in 2006. Wow, you could send a telegram up until 2006. The hotties and fashion icons of 2006 were Jessica Alba, Angelina Jolie, Scarlett Johansson, Christina Milian, Kira Knightley, Katherine Heigl, Giselle, Stacey Keebler, Eva Longoria, Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lynn Siegler, and Kristen Bell. Hollywood hunks. These lists are so funny. By the way, this is coming from popculturemadness.com. Channing Tatum, Hugh Laurie, David Beckham, Justin Timberlake, Antonio Sabato Jr., and Johnny Depp. Hmm. Miss America was Jennifer Berry. And the top scandals was the Duke University lacrosse team, which we don't need to go into detail. But that does bring us down to the South. And where are we? Everyone's wondering, where in the world are we in 2006? Well, I'll tell you where. We are in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And who are we? We are Whitmer Thomas. Oh, my God, Whit. That was really good. Whit, let me tell you something. You are our first class of 06. Oh, cool. And you are our first. And by our, I mean my first, because I'm the only one that runs this show. Mm Mm-hmm. First straight cis man to come on the pod. Oh, well, that's an honor. Isn't that huge? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, you know, I'm happy to always be that guy. A lot of things. I'm elated for you to be on the show because I genuinely have so many questions because, like, you're someone I, like... I see you and I'm like, I feel like we would have been friends in high school. Oh, for sure. I've you seen know? pictures of you in high school. Yeah. So I kind of just want to dive headfirst into the witty tea abyss. Like, <laughs> who were we? What was going on? What was the vibe? What were we wearing? Who were our friends? Were we in a clique? Tell me what's going on. Uh, definitely was in a clique. Of, you were. Of like, Pop you know, I clique. went to a really small school. Um uh, in a little tourist town, so everybody kind of knew each other. Um, my group was like three, uh, like maybe in high- by the time I, in 2006 rolled around, mm-hmm. most of my friends in high school had dropped out. Mm. Um, and so my buddies in high school at that time were Clay, mm-hmm. uh, Tatum, my current best friend who lives in LA with me, 
we don't live together, but we moved out here together. Uh, my buddy Mason and uh, my friend Troop. Those Troop? are the guys in high school. Yeah. Troop, T-R-O-O-P. T-R-O-U-P-E. Troop, T-R-O-U-P-E. Yeah. Wow. And then my buddies Matt, Chelsea, and uh, yeah. Those are probably, that's probably the crew in high school. And were you guys like, were you, you weren't jocks. No, no, no. We were skaters and we were in a band. So um, we were very much not a part of school at all. Like didn't really participate in any of the stuff. Did your school have like the quintessential? Because when I think of the South, I of course think like Friday Night Lights football. Yeah. Uh, no, we lost every football game. I think our first football game we ever won was when I was a senior in high school. Really? Yeah. You guys were just like a small school that was bad at sports. Very bad at sports. Well, no, soccer. We had a lot of uh, great at soccer because a lot of kids from Brazil uh, moved to uh, where Gulf Shores for some reason. I'm not so sure. So strange. Yeah, so our soccer team was great, but not not because of us, because of the kids who moved from Brazil. Right, we're good at playing soccer. Yeah. So when you started high school, did you like come into school with your friends or were yeah. these people that you made friends with while being in high school? No, all of them uh, went to, we went to middle school together. So you like came in protected. You weren't yeah. like a noob that got thrown out into the abyss. No. And had to find completely new friends. No, I did that though in, in fifth grade, but that was kind of different. Hard. It's kind of, you know, the town was so small skateboarding it was a huge part of my personality and i also had a brother who was five years older who was like really cool Mm -hmm. and every everybody loved him and he was very popular and what best like the best surfer around and his band was cool and stuff so people kind of knew me and there wasn't a lot of if there was bullying it was always like towards me it was kind of like what are you doing what are you talking about and then you you sound like an idiot or, you know, uh, somebody, I remember one time somebody made fun of me for wearing a scarf. That was kind Really? Of, yeah. <laughs> I was wearing a scarf in the like middle of Like what kind of, the, of a scarf? Just a, like a flannel, not like a, like a striped scarf in November <laughs> in Alabama, which is. It's like fully warm. It's yeah. like summer there. I'd wear like a blazer and a scarf and. Well, see, this is, I was going to ask, what were we wearing? Like, what was the, because you have a very distinct style now. Uh And, you know, I want to know what was the Whitmer look in high school? Um, Well, at school, we had to wear, sort of had to wear uniforms. Dress code. Because of 9-11. Not (laughs) 9-11. Columbine. It's the same kind of uh, era. Columbine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, so Columbine happened and then they were like, we can't have these kids expressing themselves. So we had to wear a white collared shirt or a blue collared shirt and khaki pants or blue pants, navy blue. And it wasn't a strict dress code. It was like, like they didn't give you, you could only buy the pants from JC Penney right, and the no. shirt. It was like your interpretation of whatever that was. Yeah. And in that, did you find yeah. like a unique style? Absolutely. I would wear a blazer mm-hmm. um, or like a pea coat. Mm-hmm. I really wanted, I just wished it would be cold. Um, yeah, well, because like when you're emo, cold weather is important. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> it's hard to be emo in the like humid no. Alabama. No, you can't like. Can't keep your bangs straight. No, you can't keep your bangs straight. You can't bundle. Mm-mm. You can't like. You can't be brooding outside like smoking a cigarette. It like doesn't hit the same. No, no, I know. I, I would wear a tuxedo shirt. Classic. Um, had like really thick bangs. Or would like bleach a spot in my hair, or dye my hair black. Um, the footwear was always an issue, though. Looking back, big regret. <laughs> Why? If I wasn't wearing skate shoes, I was wearing flip flops. Really? Yeah. So a lot of it didn't match. Like, uh, so it'd be like a tuxedo shirt, pea coat, pants, flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had like Converse's or Nike Cortez's, like, but. I did. I would get in trouble a lot for wearing flip flops to school. 
That's so funny because yeah. you had to wear closed-toed shoes. Yeah. So you were kind of like experimenting with being emo in warm weather. Yeah. Were you always into that kind of music? Because I do feel like you are someone, I ask this to all of my guests who come on the show, like what culture really informed your persona in high Uh school? And I feel like you were very influenced by music. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was a life-changing day. You know, my brother was in a pop-punk cover band called Toxic Toothpaste. Toxic toothpaste. Yeah, I think he was in eighth grade, uh, and I would go to his shows and run around to to. They would play like Blink One Eighty Two and Screeching Weasel and Pennywise and stuff like that. Um, and then my brother and my cousin got me a Blink One Eighty Two CD uh, in fifth grade. I think they got me Cheshire Cat, and that just changed my life. And then I was so informed by pop punk and punk and, and then I got into super punk and then my heart got like smashed in ninth grade <gasps> we have to talk about it yeah by a girl named Rachel Hertz what happened <laughs> Rachel her Hertz hurts you yeah she what happened hurt the hell out of me. she just sort of ghosted in a weird way did you guys go to the same school yeah she was from California I changed my accent to my present current accent because of her really because i wanted her to think i was cool so i i stopped all the like southern stuff what how did you used to sound i well there's a video of me in eighth grade where i'm trying to encourage my friend to ollie off of a loading dock Mm -hmm. and i go don't don't be a bitch just do it (laughs) don't be a bitch so like i had an accent how did you train yourself to not talk well, in that she would accent? make fun of me and stuff and i'd try to sound like kind of like her and her family like i wanted just to not be southern right um yeah and i ditched it i mean you did a very good job because i, I can't really hear any you have like very little southern affect yeah sometimes i do but if i'm back there i'm talking to my dad or something i will but you know, some random people in L.A., people that like have not actually ever been exposed to people from the South or like real Southerners think that I can have an accent sometimes. And I'm like, where? What? How do you think I oh, have wow. an accent? Yeah. Because I'm like, I feel like I'm accent neutral. Mm-hmm. But I have met some people where I'm like, clearly you've never interacted with people from like Alabama or Louisiana or even Texas because then right. you'd know what a real southern accent sounds like yeah I mean everybody where we're from sounds like uh, their head's about to spin off so they'll be like oh my god did you see that over there we need to go to that place they sell popcorn tramp there's free popcorn tramp all that <laughs> like that's the everybody's just so fucking I don't know wound up and just Every sentence sounds like they haven't been able to talk for the last three days, you know. So wait, you need to go. We need to go back to how this girl ghosted you. I don't really remember. So we were dating. It was hot and heavy. Were you guys kissing or were you just hanging out? We were hooking up all. We were doing all the, you know, slamming around town. Doing all the things. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was like, I remember, I was just thinking about this the other day, how awkward it must have been because she had a friend who had a car and she would drive us around and we would just make out in the back seat (laughs) while she drove us around town (laughs) and with nowhere to go other than just like a private place to make out. That's really funny. Good friend. Yeah. And like, I watched all the Harry Potter movies with her, but I didn't actually watch them. And like we would just make out and hook up in the while watching the movie, and then I wa- I thought I had seen them until recently, and I was like, oh no, I did buy the ticket to go, but I yeah, you just didn't. It. I mean, making out in a movie theater was classic. Yeah, like buying a ticket to see truly anything; it didn't matter, and oh, just dude. smushing face the entire time. I got such an extreme hand job <laughs> watching. <laughs> A movie starring Sylvester Stallone called like Driven or Driver or something. Nobody was in the theater. My girlfriend gave me a handjob for an hour and a half. What? I was staying with my friend Matt who was sitting like two rows away. That (laughs) is staying the night with him by himself. Like as a bummer of an experience for him probably. 
As well, yeah, his friend was just getting a hand job for an hour and a half. And then the next day, his mom took us to the skate park like an hour away and I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything because I was like so chafed. <laughs> so I just kept being like, I'll film. Let me film. And they'd be like, you don't want to skate? No, I feel like filming today because I was embarrassed. Yeah. Back then too, I was young. I was kind of young to be doing all that stuff. So I, I didn't want my friends to know. Yeah. I was a young... I was a young, over-sexualized teen myself. Yeah. Where I think, like, boys have the advantage of being more in control of that narrative, where I feel like girls, especially our generation in school, it was like, if you were the slut or if you were the girl that was, like, putting out, like, everyone knew. Mm -hmm. You could not get away with people not knowing. Yeah. And yeah, there is something like weirdly embarrassing about being that person. Yeah. And also you become like unrelatable in some ways because you're like, yeah, you're getting jacked off for an hour and a half in a theater and you like can't really talk to your friends about it because your friends like they're the only people touching their dicks still. Right. Yeah. So I wasn't talking to nobody. Was this... Rachel who gave you this not that one Rachel never for an hour and a half no she no we it was a romantic thing and I had gotten less and less punk while being with her and more and more lovey-dovey I basically went from like the casualties to uh saves the day Mm. in our time span and wrote a lot of love songs for her and then um I think what ended up happening was my friend's who were I was in a band with were annoyed that I was becoming so soft. Mm. And I think it like pressured her into thinking. Also, I was probably annoyingly soft and like romantic and stuff <laughs> in a way that probably was not attractive. Like she was like, this is too much. Yeah. And she just started to sort of bail. Yeah. And, and um yeah, so she ditched me, just totally broke up with me, no explanation. I couldn't eat for days. Oh, my God. And um, that's when I just, like, fully went emo, full-blown sad boy. God. It was awesome. Looking back, I'll never feel that way again. No. I'll never feel that much again. <laughs> I talk about this all the time on this show, how, like, falling in love in that age range is so intense and it is unlike any feeling we will ever have again. Yeah, it's too bad. I remember when I would be around somebody that I liked or start to like somebody I couldn't eat. I had zero hunger for three weeks and I would have to like force myself to eat food. Because it was just like so all consuming. Mm And every time I would fall asleep, I would start to have a dream about them and stuff, you know? That's so cute. And if we hung out, if we like hung out at night, I would go to fall asleep and have dreams that we were still hanging out. Very lucid of you. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like why I think pop punk (laughs) is so like hits so hard. Different than punk, different than like more, I don't know, like angsty vibe because like pop punk is so emo about like explaining these emotions of like anticipation and like yeah wanting and like needing to say like, I want to see you, <laughs> but I don't know what to say. <laughs> like it's all of that shit. Oh yeah. Just being very candid, no irony, Fully just going for it. Yeah. My heart is on my sleeve for you. Like everything. I mean, I remember, I think it was in ninth grade, Rachel time period where I heard Taking Back Sunday and he was like, if you could slip my throat with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. And that. It's so fucking gnarly. Give me full body chills every time I would hear it. I like related so much to that. The crazy thing is when we look back on it now, when we listen to this music now, which like we still do, these were like full grown adults. That's what's great. There's a comic <laughs> hammer joke as a joke about how you forget that they're all grown ups. But like 
I think they were probably 24 singing yeah. that song. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I forget that when I like was listening to yeah, like Blink-182 or like Saves the Day or like any of that shit, I'm like, these are grown ass men like yeah. writing this music where you felt some camaraderie thinking like, oh, like I'm just listening to a successful high school band. It's yeah. like, no. Oh, I remember getting really good internet when I was 18 and realizing that all, I thought they were around my age, all these artists. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? They're all like 30? 15 years older than I you. I remember seeing Conan was 40 when I was like a teenager and going, no, you're like 22. What the Crazy. fuck? I guess Conan's different, but yeah, dude, it was, I was feeling it all. So then your, you, your heart got broken when you were a freshman. Did you have any other girlfriends throughout high school? Oh, yeah. I had a lot. Then, um, or I had a few. And then in 10th grade, I da- dated a girl named Crystal. Mm-hmm. And at this point, my band was playing a lot more what shows. What was your band's name, by the way? We were called Say Your Last. Say Your Last? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, why not? And it comes from a lyric in one of our songs that was like, I said, Say Your Last to your wounded eyes and ungrateful gestures and no words were spoken so I said mine or some bullshit like that okay that's intense freewheeling and probably about Rachel poetry yeah and you were the lead singer yeah classic and uh flailing around up there and my bandmates were like that's sick let's call our band say your last and I didn't I never really knew what it meant at all and I just thought it was words that sounded cool but I'd always try to make up some Meaning. Meaning behind it. We <laughs> added an ellipsis at the end, like a dot, dot, dot. And I remember getting frustrated if if people didn't put that on the flyer and they were handing it out <laughs> at the mall. Um, but, but yeah, uh, then I dated Crystal and Crystal was a little bit older than me and she had a car and she would go to shows and we went to high school together. And uh, I don't remember how we broke up, but she did the same thing. She's just sort of slip slide it away eventually it's probably too intense of a guy damn um and she was like really into dreams and she'd be like tell me about your dreams and i would she'd be like okay and all of my dreams were always made up that i would tell her <laughs> be like there's roses roses at the end of a dock it's raining stuff like that and she'd be like okay let me look up what this means and I'd be like, that's not, I, I, that is not what I dream. I dreamed I was hanging out with Pamela Anderson in the woods. Or, <laughs> or some person, at the time, Kirsten Dunst. But, and then, yeah, she sort of bailed. But it was funny because while I was dating Crystal, Rachel started to be interested again. It and she would happens. steal my notebook, like, every day. Steal my, like, writing, my lyric book. And, like, read, like, ran away, like just flirtatiously sort of read it and it was it was hell did you ever get back together with her um i did right before i moved away me and her hooked up right so before years I moved before you moved Alabama. here i mean to la yeah so when you were like 18 mm-hmm. so you had kind of like a you went through the rest of high school but it does so you weren't mad at her you were just like you she broke your heart but then you were like fuck this I'm gonna just like move on and even though she steals my notebook and reads my fucking lyrics I'm not gonna I was like annoyed but I think I was so starved for any sort of attention no matter what that I would just sort of take it right um also so small town was so small yeah it's so hard to be mad at people down there because you just have to be confronted by them at all times. They're always around. Yeah. And like if they're not around, their parent is around or their sibling is around or their cousin or something like that. Yeah. So after Crystal, then what? She, so I think Crystal broke up with me and then got engaged, I think, while we were still in high school to some guy that she like had been with before me. That's so crazy. Yeah. And so I think it was so extreme that I almost didn't care. It didn't right. like phase me too much. Also, she was like really religious. And I think that that was always a problem for me. Did you, did you, were you religious in no. high school? No. Um, were you a good student in high school? Um, I was good. My dad always said I would just glide through it. Like I cheated all the time. I never did homework once. I would do things like act like um, I had a broken wrist Mm -hmm. and just like keep the sling and say I needed to go take the test in the computer room so I could type it. 
Yeah. That's and then smart. I just cheat the whole day. Like Yeah, easy. Look, and stuff like that. I would steal the answers to the tests off the teacher's desk. I would just scheme in throughout school and made good grades. Yeah. Um the only I'm trying to think the only thing I failed was gym. How? Because uh I would skip it. <laughs> and but I would skip it with this other guy named EJ who the teacher gave him a B because he was on the basketball team and knew that he was active. And so I had to make a video of me surfing and skating to give to the teacher so he knew that I was active. And then the teacher's like, oh, okay, cool. And he gave me a B. Wait, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Chill teacher, though. Yeah, cool guy. I mean, that is cool. Yeah. He's like, all that I care about is that you're moving around and moving your body. Yeah. Um. Okay, now is the time in my podcast where I ask you to tell me kind of like a quintessential high school story. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, I have a pretty good idea of who you were and what was going on. Like... You were gliding by school, you were skating, you were surfing, you were in a band, you were hanging with your boys, playing music, being emo, falling in love. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, were you in theater? That's what I wanted to ask. Oh, uh, no, we didn't have theater. We um, we had a theater class once that, that then they took away. So we, we didn't have a... And I took that class, ninth grade. So they had a theater class, but you didn't perform a play or anything no. like that? And no, then they and all took it, was it away? Why did they take it away? Because it wasn't real, I think. It wasn't even a real teacher. She, and she did, She was just like, um, it's funny, actually. She, she would just be like, you guys make stuff up and just perform it for the class. And so we would <laughs> do we would do like a Will Ferrell sketch from SNL and just change the like, goof off around it. You know, like Harry Carey or Need More Cowbell or something. So it was like an improv-based yeah. theater class. That's very funny. And then and then years later, I saw her, that teacher. Where was she? I had, had a little bit of, like, done some things in LA. I saw her in the grocery store when I was visiting Alabama. And I was like, Miss McNair was her name. I was like, Miss McNair, it's me, uh, Whitmer Thomas. I don't know if you remember me, but I took your theater class, and that's where I thought maybe I realized like I like doing funny stuff, been doing comedy and stuff, and I just wanted to say that. And she had no fucking clue who I was. <laughs> and it was just, oh, she was like, "Huh? Okay, cool." It is funny when like we feel impacted by someone at that age yeah and when you like circle back to them to be like thank you so much for like this that and the other and yes it's done and they're like who are you yeah. like uh, how did i know you again yeah. i posted a photo of myself on instagram of me and like my zombie makeup from yeah search party and the the headmaster of my school who I was very close with, who I loved, commented on it just as I remembered you. <laughs> and I was like, mm, okay, dragging me. <laughs> um, okay, I need I need to hear a I need to hear a story from high school. I need to hear something that when you think about it, you're like, wow, this was like something that was either like formative to me or something that I'll never forget or something so dumb or I don't know any anything. Whenever you think of that time, anything where you're like, "This was a quintessential Whitmer Thomas between the ages of fourteen and 18. Well, I mean, there's a lot of funny stuff that we would do, like pranks, jackass based. We're very jackass based. Huge! Did you we, see the new movie? Oh yeah, loved it. But we never. I don't know if I like learned anything from that committing light crime. Um. A lot of the stuff I learned was through d- dating. I learned a lot through like those girls that I would like. I dated a girl, my main girlfriend in high school, who um, who was m- more experienced than me. She had a boyfriend who was five years older than her before me. Whoa, okay. who I think was like a grown man. Okay, <laughs> and he had his dick pierced. What? And that's all I knew about him. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah. And she and I fell in love and, <laughs> and would like run around together. She was like popular and, and or like a prep, or, mm-hmm. you know. 
and it was just it felt very the notebook had just come out felt very much like that movie like her parents didn't like that i was with her very and, nicholas sparks yeah and uh her ex-boyfriend uh fucking hated my guts he was like a classic kind of southern guy like, like with his dick pierced. That is uh, so fucking gross. So her parents did not want her with you, but was okay with her being yeah. with a guy who was five years older? Yeah. That's so gnarly. Okay, continue. And anyway, so she was beautiful and kind. And I think looking for like anything but what everybody kind of expected from her. And so we kind of started dating during the summer. And it was this great thing. And then we went back to school and it became so complicated because our, uh, like who we were in school was very different than who we were um, in the summer running around. When you were alone with each other. Yeah. And so I also was terrified to have sex with her. Really? So afraid. Did... You had had sex before yeah. her, but you were scared to have sex with her because she was having sex with her dick-piercing boyfriend. Yeah, and I'm like, she knows things, right? That like I she's don't like more experienced. Know. I can't provide whatever she needs, and I was also all hung up on this, like, gotta be a good guy and fucking stupid bullshit. <laughs> because you were just like, I'm, yeah, some soft little. I was being some soft little bitch, and she. <laughs> She would, once we got back to school, she would cheat on me once a month. What do you like. mean? And then we would have this big fallout. Who would she cheat on she you with? She would go to college. She would go to Alabama University or somewhere and hook up with some dude, some like football player or some shit. What? Or some guy at a party or whatever it was. At one point, I went to a football game because someone texted me she was holding hands with someone else and then I walked got there and I saw them making out and she then turned her head and like saw me standing there and I, it was like a movie it was like what the fuck yeah. and then what would you guys get into a fight would she like no, and plead she, for you to forgive her like what she, was happening she would meet with me somewhere and I would talk to her and tell her why and all this stuff why are you doing this and she would never she just wouldn't talk she would just look at me and shake her head and it's kind of like she clearly felt bad about it. Um, but why didn't she just break up with you? I don't know. Because I was too nice, probably, and she couldn't figure out how to break up with me. So she was just like full on cheating on you. Yeah. She's, she would go to another town and get slammed. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then I sort of realized, though, once I got a little older, really once I got out of high school, that what was I doing? Why wasn't I just like hooking up with her? And what I put all of this pr pressure on my, I put, I, I gave, I put her on this like pedestal that I don't think she was asking for at all. And like looking back, like, I don't know if this is even an, an answer to that, whatever a story, but like looking back, I fully was like, if I was just going slamming her right off the bat, like she knew, <laughs> I think we probably would have made a great team. I probably wouldn't have put her through so much turmoil, like being this person who's a little bit more experienced and thinking of sex as just like some fun thing to do. Yeah. And now I'm this like little guy who like <laughs> it will not do it. <laughs> and like we're staying on the like, camping on some fucking Mount Chee Hall together. And I'm like, in a tent naked together and I like won't hook up with her go all the way really and it's like yeah no wonder she's like running off to <laughs> slam some well you fucking... were just emotional and you wanted things to have meaning and you wanted things to like you know I guess I did but also I was afraid because of she just was more experienced yeah that's scary yeah, I guess it's scary, but looking back, I do regret it. I think if I like, that's my main like regret from high school in general is like, if I would have just loosened up, you know, like I didn't drink or do anything in high school. Really? Were you like straight edge? I wasn't straight edge. I would say I don't label, I'm, I'll never label myself. 
if somebody would go cool your edge like us i go I, I won't label myself sorry dude that's cool if you want to do that but i'm not doing that um but that's also rooted in like you know other things like familial things well that's the fear. other thing is like my family was so weird my mom very publicly got um the fbi came to my mom's house because she was doing like ordered so much oxycontin off the internet that <laughs> on some scam site a man oh, dressed as a ups or like postman came to our house with a box and then my mom opened it and a red like sensor was inside of the box she thought it was like her oxycontin and then the fbi like a swat team bust down all these doors and my mom got arrested and carried away Holy and then the shit. next day i just had to go to school and then i also don't drink it or anything and at the time and everybody's like well now we know and i would be like that's not why <laughs> but yeah clearly but like, I that had, was like, some sort of issue with it but i think that was another thing like it was annoying i think to date me because i wasn't having as much fun as everybody else was yeah so looking back, I wish I would have kind of loosened up and just been like, not been a fucking dick about all the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Being that age is really hard. And it's also hard when like you are dealing with parents who like maybe aren't necessarily like being the greatest parents right. and you're sort of like in a position of being your own boss and like controlling yourself and like wanting any kind of, I feel very similar to you <laughs> in high school. Like wanting, I don't know. Like I also would have these like bleeding heart romances where I would be like, so in love, like love you till the end of earth love. And I feel like I probably became suffocating to, oh, actually, no, I mean, I was perfect, but I, I do think that I, I definitely became suffocating to my boyfriend my sophomore year of high school. Yeah. Cause I was just so fucking into him and like so, I wanted it to work so bad mm -hmm. because he was like everything. I dreamed of he was like so he didn't go to my school but he was like so hot he was so good at playing music like crazy good guitarist he I don't know like liked indie film and like yeah he played me like the flaming lips and like that kind of shit like Radiohead and like whatever and I think I was just so way too into him and like way too aggressive about it that he probably was just like, can you just like fucking chill? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I think I did a lot. of. That's exactly kind of my vibe, I think. Back yeah. Then, I never dated anybody where I thought they liked me more than I liked them. <laughs> like, yeah, or where the tables were flipped. No, I think that like my boyfriend, my junior year of high school that was probably like the healthiest relationship I had in high school and then my boyfriend my senior year of high school that just got fucking kooky crazy weird town yeah because like talk about like two people who like both had weird shit going on and then like coming together and there's like toxicity heavily at play but since you're 17 and fueled by hormones and wanting to have sex like you can't see outside of it no yeah yeah oh boy and no and, and i would i remember I, the thought of like a future without this person would make me oh feel my god like, sick, sick. Yeah, now I'm like, if I think about like a week from now, I'm like, that makes me sick. But back then, I'm like, I, I have to, I imagined my whole life yeah. with all of these different people. <laughs> and I, you know, I had other girlfriends or whatever, but yeah, I look back and I just I'm like, why didn't I fucking chill out, chill out, hang out? Well, you know, I'm, the question that we ask on the pod all the time is what advice could you give your high school self? And it sounds like this oh, is yeah, the answer. Ch chill out, dude. Have fun. Ch like you know there's nothing but the stakes feel so high when we're young yeah that's true 
Like, there's no way of knowing. Like, I too wish that I could have been like, Greta, like, calm the fuck down. Like, you know, it'll be okay. Or just like, maybe don't have serious boyfriends all the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe like, listen to your mom when she's like, you're not going to spend the rest of your life with this person. Like, just enjoy yourself and like, have fun. Yeah, and feel free to like, start learning how to ask questions. (laughs) I wish I would have asked more questions and stood up for myself and kind of freaked out a little bit more back then on people and uh i wish i would have chilled out in social situations and then like and then reacted kind of been way more honest with people about how i felt about like when they would hurt my feelings and stuff instead of always being like it's okay i just want whatever makes you feel happy yeah taking the passive road yeah. i mean classic thing that we do when we are in homes with people that have addiction issues right. and we we need to become like the diffuser of the situation. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Situation. Oh my God. Is that a door knock I hear? Why, yes, it is. We are in the guidance counselor's office. Welcome, Wit. This is this is the school guidance counselor, and I'm your school guidance counselor. Oh, hi. We, I never met my my school guidance counselor. Did your school, school have school. one? I don't know if we did. Really? I don't think so. Was it a public school? Yeah. I think public schools, like, I, don't, I think it depends on what state you're in, but I think a lot of the time they, like, legally have to have one. Well, I never n- met that person, and they. we also didn't have the thing where the people like help you figure out what college to go to uh, a, a college counselor yeah yeah but you know what fuck college counselors because like I don't remember my college counselor and if you were my college counselor and for some reason you're listening to this podcast you gave me bad advice like what was it I had shit grades in high school mm-hmm. but I went to like a super competitive private high school where like you know the kids in my class were going to like all the Ivy Leagues and Vanderbilt and schools like that NYU and whatever and I really wanted to go to USC I wanted to go to Roski and I did not have the grades to get in and I basically just like didn't have the grades to get into any of the schools I wanted to go to. And when I ended up getting into University of Arizona, which is where I did my freshman year of college, I really wish my school guidance counselor, and it wasn't really a thing for us, like for our age group to like take a gap year. Yeah. I really wish that she was like, hey, like maybe you should just like take a year off and like do something interesting with that time but look that being said I went to Arizona I had a wild year I met one of my best friends it was all good I had a crazy stories great time blah blah but now I think that like the urge where everyone is like you need to go to college like now I feel like it's slightly different I feel like it's changed a little I think we've learned more and more that it doesn't actually matter it's just about going to a place where you can meet new new people yeah and like socialize yourself and not live at home and like start taking on more responsibilities and blah 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 now if you have a kid that wants to be a doctor then it's like yeah well you absolutely have to go to college right and then some ain't nobody want to be a doctor no more though (laughs) I mean tell me about it um, but tell me, 
is there something from your past, someone that you want to use this time in the school guidance counselor's office to reach some resolution? Is there someone you want to say fuck you to? Is there something you want to apologize for? We use this time on the pod to heal our traumas, to heal our past wounds. So whatever that may be for you, we will release it into the world. And once we are done recording this podcast, you will never think about it ever again for the rest of your life. Okay. Yeah, well, I want to say I'm sorry or to that girl that I, w- my girlfriend who I wouldn't sleep with. Your girlfriend that was cheating on you every yeah, week? I'm sorry. I should have just, <laughs> sla- I should have gone, I fucking should have slammed you. But I didn't. <laughs> Wait, you never did. I did. Eventually what happened was then I would go visit home and we would. Run off together. Yeah. Once I moved away, we, we both kind of. So it took you years, one might say. Yeah. To get the courage to come back. To, to her, it took me three years. What? Four years. Probably 20, 22, I think. Finally. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it was crazy. It was like, what? we could have been doing that. And then she, I mean, I've joked with her about this. We've talked about this. That's so crazy. Where I said, like, I, I like put, I'm so sorry. And she was like, that, what you've said is what I was actually going through. No excuse. I'm very sorry for all of it. Now we're old. Now we've grown up. But it's funny because that's exactly what my, like, mind was going through. Instead of just, like, articulating to you my, like, needs. Right. I would, like, run off and hook up with some redneck. And... And same with you, instead of just sort of being like, I'm nervous about how experienced you are. Right. And like, I'm scared and I'm feeling insecure. Yeah. And you were dating a guy that had his dick pierced. And yeah. I don't have my dick pierced. So I'm feeling crazy. Yeah. I'm simply in the band. Uh, say you are last. Yeah. <laughs> well, at that point, I think the band had changed to morning routine. And it was me by myself on an acoustic guitar. And morning was spelled M-O-U-R. Classic. Yeah. Morning routine. Um, okay, so we apologize. We ap- I apologize to her and I, I big time. I've apologized to her in real life. So that's maybe not as good. One thing I noticed was like me and all my pals were so into jackass, you know. Mm-hmm. And we would call each other names all the time. And I watched a video the other day. I was going through um, old videos of me and my pals. And there's one where we're all throwing up, making each other throw up. How? I could just throw up on command at any like time. Like Steve-O. Yeah. My, he's my guy. Um, <laughs> we would light firecrackers out of our assholes. Stuff like that. You know, just having a blast. Yeah. And, um, and there's one buddy. Well, we give each other nicknames all the time. They were never nice nicknames. And there's me calling one of our friends Piggy. Mm. Or... And maybe it's not Piggy, it's like Porky or Piggy or something because he's overweight. Mm -hmm. And I, in this fucking video, am going to town on this this guy, (laughs) Ronnie. He's my, he's a pal. (laughs) And I don't remember being like that to him. You're being nasty. I'm being mean to him. But he's laughing, we're having fun, but. How old are you? he's being so supportive of me too. (laughs) In the video, I think I'm. 14 he's going <laughs> nobody can do it as good as you did and all that stuff and i'm going all right your turn piggy come on Sue-y! i go like that <laughs> and i it like all of i started sweating watching it, oh. i never thought of myself as that kind of guy and i'm like what the fuck i was calling this guy piggy oh. and saying Sue-y? like oh what a dick yeah um fucking asshole i think that when we were young and we feel tortured we can't like see the lens that maybe we are also acting like a fucking asshole yeah i think you're absolutely right i also was jealous of ronnie i think too ronnie was like a a well-liked guy who like smoked cigs and and smoked weed people liked him and like wanted to party with him and i i couldn't really i wasn't that vibe and I think Ronnie was always kind of also keeping things from me because Mm. he didn't want my feelings to be hurt or something. Sure. And I knew that and it was like manifesting in me calling him piggy and saying suey as if I'm calling a pig to the farm to to its (laughs) slop. And it doesn't help that like it's the grossest. It's like us throwing up and gagging. No, it's disgusting. Um, Anyway, I regret that so hard. Like, 
I was just a little brat. In ninth grade, I was like, I think a lot of my, I had a lot of rage that I wasn't like dealing with and I would call my friend Piggy or I would hit my friend Mason all the time. I would hit him in the <laughs> arm and stuff because Mason was a bigger guy, like stronger guy. And he would say like, my hits never hurt. And so That's... I would punch him all the time. But then I started getting like bigger and I hit him one time and he goes, you can't hit me anymore. And he was like really serious. And I was like, oh my God. And I like became aware of my power power my and i that's i think where i kind of shut down i like never called people names and and never hit anybody. well at least you stopped yeah it's in ninth grade though around the all the same time as old rachel so i wonder if maybe she's was, she like sort of was the one that like softened you up perhaps could have been yeah and she sort of defrosted your kind of bad boy brat exterior yeah a little bit of a brat at that time period having this conversation with you really makes me wish that any of my ex-boyfriends, if you're listening and if you're out there and if you think that maybe you owe me an apology. <laughs> do you think they do? My Oh, oh, oh honey. <laughs> <laughs> One absolutely owes me an apology, but it's an apology that I will never get. And I've come to peace with that. What did he do? What did he do? Yeah. He ruined my life. <laughs> 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 ruined my life for my senior year of high school ruined ruined um solid months of my life damn and not only was it did he ruin it like did he specifically fuck me up but then like his friends did as well and mm. it like bled out into me kind of being like what felt like being ostracized by everyone in my class. Oh boy. And, you know, his his cousin called me a slut when I got my diploma, screamed it Holy in the auditorium shit. in front of everyone. Bad, bad shit. Oh man, that's traumatizing. Yeah, de it deeply traumatizing shit that like, you know, I, I say on every single episode of this podcast, the reason why I love talking about high school is I think that like moments in this age range like really can imprint upon us as to like the people that we become because it's like right before we're spat out into the world and need to like navigate adulthood. Yeah. And it's kind of like laying the foundation as to who we are and how we function through the world. And like I had to work through so much shit with that. When I first, like, you know, realized, like, okay, like, that wasn't right, you know? And I think that for so long when we're in these pockets of people and when there's a dynamic that we've been accustomed to from when we were 14 to 18, we're just like, okay, well, like, these people say I'm bad, so therefore I am bad mm -hmm. and I am a bad person and, like, that is it. And then you're like, wait, no, like, maybe that was just, like, really bad treatment, Oh man, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. I I remember in in senior year of high school, I had a lot of my friends were a couple years older too, and they would all make fun of me for being stupid. Yeah. And laughing, laughing, laughing about like, oh, I'm fucking stupid, because um, I would say some random stupid shit all the time. And then I remember thinking like, well, I am stupid. Like right. moving out here and thinking, moving out to LA and thinking, all right, hopefully a dumb idiot like me can figure out how to make it in showbiz. No, it's and real. I'm so stupid. And then I didn't realize until I made new friends. I'm like, oh, I'm not stupid. Yeah, Te I'm not like technically stupid. No, it's real. Like I, I had the same thing where I was like. I am a bad person. I am a bad person. I do not deserve friends. Like, I am a piece of shit. Something's wrong with me. All this stuff. And then when, like, I met new people mm -hmm. and I told them what had happened, they were like, oh, like, what? Yeah. Like, whoa, that's not cool. Or, like, that seems extreme or something like that. But, yeah, I don't know. There's a real, like pack mentality that happens when you're in little small communities. I mean, I feel that it can even happen sometimes in the pockets of the 
world that we're in now where mm-hmm. it can be like these are my people this is my group and it happens like no matter what age I just think that when we are in these like weird times of figuring out who we are it can lead us to act in ways that we would never normally act in like yeah our older life yeah man you know that's why I'm really trying to figure out how to be like private and mysterious and that's that I feel like that person's always safe. Don't let anybody know nothing, but that's not who I am. <laughs> but like I felt like I I feel like my friend Patrick, who is my friend from high school, was on this podcast. And he told me that I always gave off a very mysterious vibe, which I appreciated because I would love to be like uh mysterious. Mysterious. Yeah. That's the fucking dream. Yeah. But in being mysterious, I think there is a lot of like pain involved because when you are mysterious, you're never telling anyone anything that you need or want or think or desire. Yeah. So therefore, you're kind of just like in this little isolated bubble. And I think going back to what you were saying, like, I wish that I stood up for myself more, like spoke or like vocalized myself more then maybe we'd be happier. So maybe like being being mysterious, actually, it may be um, impenetrable, but it might be more painful. Yeah. Yeah. Or just finding like a nice balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nice. It took me years to learn that if someone tells a story that I like or vibe with, it doesn't mean that I then have to try to tell the same version of that story back to them. <laughs> It means I can't just go, well, that's fucking awesome, or that's crazy. <laughs> but that's also just like learning relatability. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, it's okay to listen. But it used to be when people would be like, I got a new couch today. It was really hard to move it. And I'd be like, I had to move a couch up two flights of stairs. So that was hard. So I understand. <laughs> Instead of just being like, yeah, moving couches is fucking no joke. <laughs> like, why did I have to tell my stupid part of that story? oh we're all so kooky do you feel that um your high school self informed who you are now yeah i'm not very i like so much of the same stuff it's honestly i feel more like my high school self now than i did for a decade i i I do now what i did back then you know i I like play music now i I think style wise i'm closer to how i was and as a senior in mm-hmm. high school, um, I, you know, I think I probably strayed further and further away from it in my 20s, you know. Um, Wearing deep V-necks and waiting outside v. of CAA. I would do it. I guess, <laughs> yeah, you know that. That's what I did when I first moved to L.A. Yeah. Um, realizing, you know, when I was a kid in, in high school, I would just like go to a thrift store and find things I liked and go to a record shop and buy shit I liked and um, go to buy tickets to see bands I liked and go to whatever movies that I thought I might like. And then in my 20s, I spent so much time trying to do what I thought was cool. Like, okay, I got to figure out how to like Animal Collective yeah. or whatever it is. But that's not, wasn't my- Did you ever figure it out? I did. <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> but then I saw him live and I'm like, this ain't for me. Yeah. You know, but like I eventually figured out just to kind of do myself, be yeah. myself. It's easy to do that in Alabama because no matter what decision you make, that's different from like a pair of AFCO pants and Costa Del Mar glasses and whatever shirt with a fish on it is like a crazy bold decision. Right. But now, so I was very, I felt very like uh, inspired and creative at all times when I was in high school. And then I lost that spark. I feel the same way. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting it back now. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah, damn. Like, what? Maybe maybe we were just boy-girl versions of each other. We really might have been based on everything we know about each other. And, yeah. Damn. Well, now, I mean, our final question of the pod, and it went by so fast. I can't believe we've already been chatting for as long as we've been chatting. <laughs> I got That's it. classic us. It's classic witty tea, gritty tea, you know. Um, I got to know, what was your senior superlative? You won't believe it. I won't. As the one guy in my, home, my high school who was moving to L.A. 
Mm-hmm. I got what most likely to be famous. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did did people know you were moving to LA? Like when when it came time for senior year, were you like? were you like fuck this I'm going was that the plan like or yeah yeah what happened was uh I met a guy in Florida who my friend's uncle or something it's a long story but who worked at a special effects company Mm -hmm. had like a good job at a special effects company in Hollywood and he said if you ever want to come to LA I'll give you a job as a PA and I was like, boom. And my dad was very enthusiastic about that idea. Right. Because the other option was to go to like, uh, try to figure out how to get into like a music school or something. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, who knows? I don't know. It's expensive or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when my dad, when that happened, my dad was like, let's figure out LA. I think he was like, you got to get out of here. Right. Um, so we started figuring out how to make that happen. And then I moved to LA and that guy never responded to one phone call really yeah and i saw him at a wedding a few years ago and I, were you like no i ignored him i didn't want to you were like hey i was relying on you for a job yeah yeah i mean but what really happened is then i got a job at a skate shop and i like made friends with people that i thought were that are currently my friends yeah and then it was fine then yeah. it all worked out it, i could have just been a guy who like was a pa for i eventually did become a pa but not after already having my own kind of identity. Friends and like community yeah. and people. Yeah. Wow. But, so I got most likely to be famous. They're and, right. Well, I think I have a photo of it. Well, guess what? When we promote the pod, I'm going to need that photo. Oh. Wait, where can everyone find you and consume your work? Um, Just Whitmer Thomas on, you know, all the social all media All the things. things. Yeah. Watch the golden one. Oh yeah, watch that on HBO. Incredible, incredible special. Thanks, Greta. Watch Civil Dead. Civil Dead. Oh wait, is, can you can no, you stream it the anymore? The festival's over now, but oh yeah, maybe soon it'll be maybe in another soon, thing. Or, soon, I don't know. someday. Watch Wit on Search Party. Oh yeah, with me. Play a doctor. Classic. Play a doctor. That's how you know you're friends with the people who make the shows when they cast like <laughs> my like, dumbass as a doctor. Oh, yeah, what's gonna be the doctor? Okay. Me, me and <laughs> fucking, that's crazy. Um. Wow. Thank you for tuning into this uh, absolutely perfect episode of my world-renowned podcast, Senior Superlatives. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Leave me five stars. You know, this is a casual, easy breezy little show for you to listen to when you're feeling a bit nostalgic. So only give me good reviews because that's what I deserve. Um, and as we say every week, stay cool. Never change. <laughs> Ciao for now. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>